I could really use a change of scenery. Yeah. Everybody's smoking all the greenery. Yeah. Close the matches, they were handed down to me. But I'm still fly, I'm still fly, I know. I'm still fly, I'm still fly, let's go. Hi, I'm Greg Xavier, and welcome to Day Dot. In this series, we explore the idea that there could be one day that completely shifts or changes your entire life. From the inside out, so right now. Say it with your chest now, say it with your chest now. I'm young, I'm free. In this week's episode, I sat down with the open and free singer-songwriter Flavia. We take a trip around some very difficult moments that happened in her life, which shape who she is today. So I'm delighted to be sitting opposite Flavia Watson. How are you, Flavia? Good, how are you? I'm good. And this is very exciting because at the time of recording this podcast, we are less than 24 hours after. Is Was it your first ever Irish show? It was my first hometown show, yeah. Wow. I mean, apart from my early days of singing show tunes and but like a child a child (laughs) so first adult show uh back in my hometown wow and it's interesting because people will listen to your accent and be like she's not irish it's very confusing i'm a a mutt of all of all sorts go for it dad's american (laughs) mom's italian grew up mostly in ireland uh that's about it. That's not that tough. That's about it. And, and you spent, yeah, actually, that was quite easy. Yeah. And but you spent the last 10, 11 years in L.A. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And you're now you're now you're back on. We won't, we won't say Irish or European is yeah. where you kind of are now. Yeah. Yeah. I made the big I sold everything I own. I had a complete life crisis, a good one. Yeah. And just sold everything I own and made the move back, which I'd been wanting to do for quite a while. I was delighted to be at Flavia's show that was mentioned in the introduction to this episode. I was excited to sit down with her the day after and get the opportunity to discuss her creative process and how it helps her to frame and understand the many life experiences which she writes about in her music. The discussion opened up the idea of how creativity lives in all of us and when you find what you connect with, it is a gift to allow you to express and get to know yourself. I think I've always been quite an open book. I mean, even pre-songwriting days with friends, I would I was an oversharer. Okay. I mean, <laughs> it's just it was my way even if there was something really difficult going on in my life or with my family, it was my way of processing community and conversation and connection is so important to me. Yeah. And I so I think that's always just been a little bit part of my my way of being and then getting to put that into music is the ultimate most therapeutic process and getting it's like whether it's the best feeling in the world or the worst day you're having just having this moment with yourself with music with your feelings free flowing is uh, quite a special experience and I'd imagine it's similar with any art form whether you're an artist or a art hobbyist I think Mm. Creativity and art is such an essential part of our human nature. And I think, side note, that unfortunately we, some, we've lost it in our culture a little bit. We feel that unless you're a professional artist and this is what you do every day for your yes. living, that you're not a creative. And actually, I think we're all very creative um, or want to be creative somewhere deep, deep down inside. So 
Absolutely, yeah. For those listening, uh, yeah. <laughs> get your paper and pen out. Yeah, follow your dreams, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you no, know, you've made a very interesting point there because you know you talk about the idea of just being creative, and but then you know people have this idea, and maybe it comes from social media, maybe it comes from society as a whole. But it's this idea that you have to have be this massive uh you know you have to have a massive following massive Mm. massive popularity and massive perhaps like financial success to be a quote-unquote creative whereas in actual fact people need to look at it in such a way that everyone and maybe maybe you could help us with this but everyone has some level of creativity within them and you know if it's just you taking out your pen and paper at home writing something Mm. drawing something messing on a guitar piano um that's that's just as valid as someone who like you played a show last night in front of people, you know? It's an outlet for expression. I think it's one of the silver linings that came out of the pandemic is a lot of people had a lot of time on their hands. (laughs) And I was just seeing so many of my friends that normally wouldn't make time for any sort of creative outlet and they were painting and picking up a new instrument or yeah um and i just think that's a that was a beautiful thing to come out of it as a lot of people seem to have tapped into their inner baker or (laughs) (laughs) or painter or something and you just for fun it doesn't have to be what you deem is amazing or something that you're going to sell but i think just doing things for our own enjoyment versus for productivity yeah Um, and that that can be that can stifle the creative kind of process and like you said it could be just that you like baking bread or something but the second you start something or eating bread or eating bread (laughs) (laughs) i don't bake but i eat (laughs) um well yeah i mean look whatever each their own but it's uh i think it's interesting because you touched on a point there people can often the idea of creativity to someone maybe who's not creative it's like it's like what even is it you know and you have this image of this I don't even know, like starving artist or this like, you know, really Mm -hmm. wild person that doesn't conform to society. Um, But like you said there, that if you are interested, say you just like, I want to write something, I want to bake something, I want to eat something that someone else has baked, whatever it is. But if you if you sit down to do that for the first time and then you all of a sudden place in your head, okay, I need to like exponentially get better at this in order to have my own bakery or whatever, like that in itself is almost you're you're destroying not destroying because that sounds quite serious but you're (laughs) you're yeah it's not that dramatic but you're you're already kind of putting the pressure on and setting yourself back because you're putting such parameters in the straight line of what's supposed to be well for me creativity is just it's like Mm. wide open and you're Mm. just kind of like what's going to happen with this yeah is that right yeah i think (laughs) i think creativity should be fluid and that's a good fluid it's really hard to plan out every like, you don't know what's going to open up or flower within you <laughs> <laughs> once you step into this zone like i truly feel like when i'm writing music there are some songs where it's pure skill where it's like a puzzle piece that i'm putting together and it's words and rhymes and story and i really feel like the science behind the song that i'm activating that muscle okay. and then there are times with certain songs especially when the emotion is so raw and close to your heart and it feels like it came through me and I didn't write that and it was just always there waiting to be put on the page. Okay. Um, which, since you heard my set last night, happened mm-hmm. with my song Nameless, which yes. I wrote that. My hand couldn't 
I was on my computer, but I couldn't type fast enough that for the words coming out. It's just in five minutes, that song was written and I never changed it. Wow. Um, and yeah, because I, I, I'd love to, to ask you about that song, but I think it would be interesting for people to, because some will be familiar with your music. You know, people probably went on Spotify to check it out. Some won't. And, you know, sitting there in the audience last night, particularly I know it's modern times, but we're sitting in Ireland, you know, a mixture of males and females of very various ages. And your performance, you know, before each song, you gave a little snapshot of the inspiration behind mm. it or what, you know, what it's about. And the themes that stuck out to me <laughs> and probably most people was you had, you talked about how you came out as bisexual a few years ago. You also talked about the need uh, for to talk openly about female pleasure. And you talked about then... Um, perhaps I would say love at times yeah. other times you talk about lust the, the Paris girls is that the song yeah yeah unrequited then, love unrequited <laughs> love okay yeah, yeah let's preface it with that and then you talked about you know and, and as well as talking about female pleasure like that was intertwined with um, negative sexual experiences let's mm-hmm. say be yourself and the world will adjust this is a quote by Germany Kent an American print and broadcast journalist. I think this quote really applies to the ferociousness and courage Flavia displays in her music and her overall presence. She is unashamedly herself and chooses not to play it small or shy away from challenging topics, even if this may cause discomfort with other people. She also gives people the opportunity to open up about so-called taboo topics. What if we all lived unashamedly as ourselves? What walls could be broken down? you talked about nameless which was uh about uh, abortion and even me like stumbling to say the word abortion because i know we joked about it but it's this thing that it's modern times that we live in ireland and all of those things are so uh particularly to a a country like ireland where we're quite conservative and you grew up here you know i know you, Mm. you lived abroad for a long time but even coming back here for you say when you perform those songs in somewhere like LA that people have this view of like everyone's creative and everyone's so open and out there and then you come back to a place here where we're perhaps still um we're getting there but you know we're, we're still kind of behind the curve let's say I mean how did that feel was there anything on your side of did you feel any level of I should tone this down mm. or did you question like should I talk so openly about you know you, you, i thought it was so funny because all those themes we we referenced there like your dad was sitting in the audience as well <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but i you know because a lot of people would, would say for example they they have some preface form of, that my show is not one that uh most people want their dads to see <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well exactly yeah but you know most people might think in that scenario oh well i'm you know, whatever about being in another country but i'm in front of you know my friends and my dad's going to be there should I pull some of this back mm. or should I you know, tone it down? Like, how did you, because they're, like I said, each one of those themes is representative of experiences that you've had and also representative of who you are. Mm. But at the same time then, you know, who you are and where Irish culture is, is like, does that even fit? You know, it's like you're this person from the future or something. I, <laughs> I like that. Flavia, this person from the future. Um, you know, I, I thought about it a lot before coming and I considered cutting out especially my song Eat, which was kind of the most uh, risque of them all for could, an Irish could, audience. Could you give us a flavor of what Eat is about? <laughs> uh, it's a tutorial for the boys. Uh, I'll let people 
people's curiosity be um, just burning their brains so yeah. they can go hear it for themselves. But, uh, and the conclusion I came to, my mission statement as an artist is to be unapologetically myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't make art to satisfy the needs of others or to keep people comfortable. My entire new... EP Suck My Feminism was not meant to be an easy listen. It was meant to be challenging and to challenge ideas and to speak about subject matters that are important to me that I don't feel like the world tackles often enough. And so even though I felt uncomfortable uh, and really considered cutting that song, I just thought, I this is me, this is my music, this is my message. Mm-hmm. Though the song is a little um, what my dad says is vulgar. Okay. Um, I think the message behind it and why I wrote that is an important thing that I feel we need to talk about. Yeah. And yeah, I decided that I just want to go on stage and be me. And if all the men in the room are really uncomfortable, then good. They probably need to be (laughs) uncomfortable. (laughs) Well, yeah, because I was was in the front row and I was next to another male and I would consider myself to be quite open and quite, uh, (laughs) you know, Uh, modern let's say Um, and even I found there was times where um, just without even thinking I was almost like shrinking in my seat and then I'd kind of be like no like support Flavia straighten those shoulders yeah exactly yeah Um, but I and and I I thought it was so funny because you were um, when before you played the opening act was um, the very talented Sive Skelly and her grandmother came up to you, I think it was, at the end. Oh, it was great. First two of my friends said, oh, my God, you should have seen this granddad. He kept trying to leave and put his mask on and his wife just wouldn't let him just sit, sit down, sit down, finish the show, <laughs> especially in the song Eat. And so they had just told me about that. He, of course, after the show, just scurried off as fast as he could. Naturally. But his wife, the granny of Sive, came up to me and said, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. He was very uncomfortable, but, you know... Um, Sometimes I think we've got to we've got to get men out of their comfort zones a little <laughs> yeah. bit. It's been it's been too long. Men have been comfortable, so I really appreciated that. Though it made him uncomfortable, um, she absolutely loved it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, but in that, in a way, almost you know, it it sort of I don't want to say it justified like it was that one moment, but it it kind of reinforces what you're saying there of and what you were saying about all those topics is that. They have to be talked openly and you're not, you weren't going to perform based on the fact that you want to make sure everyone in the room is comfortable. And, you know, you weren't going to say, yeah. like, judge the crowd and say, well, maybe I won't, you know, really go into this yeah. performance or I'll, I'll pull back a bit. And, you know, what you're saying there about just being unapologetically yourself and your, mm. you know, your art is your art. Sorry. Yeah, no, go on. Well, yeah. it's, it's the same with, you know, the show Last Second became a seated show at half capacity, which... For my kind of music where it's, you know, danceable and fun and high energy, a seated show is always such a bummer. It's way less energy. It's a little more awkward and intimate, but in a way where people just feel more stiff. And I just thought I had that same mentality of I can either go in there and sort of dim my energy down to fit a potentially, you know, lower energy seated show, or you just try to get over that discomfort and give everybody the same show, whether there's a high energy room or a tranquil seated, uh, which it's never tranquil with the Irish. So that was that was great. But, um, and just for context, so people aren't confused with Eat, I will say that the premise behind that song is for as long as I've been on this earth, uh, there has been 
such an importance placed on male pleasure mm-hmm. in every film I've ever seen, in every article. I mean, school never taught us anything about our bodies as women or girls or how to handle our periods and mm-hmm. our hormones or how to even use feminine products. I mean, I have some horror stories of like, <laughs> how does this work? <laughs> That's for another podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, or how to set boundaries or how to like speak out about our desires, what we do or don't want in sexual situations that are really difficult, which happens a lot with a lot of the women that I know that have been with men. It's just, it's, And so I wanted to talk about a song that I wanted to have a song that talked about the importance of female pleasure, because I do feel like female pleasure has been an afterthought. I mean, whether it's like the history of the way porn is presented or films or, you know, common media, it's all male, been male pleasure focused. Yes. And I think it's starting to change now. Yeah. Because women are like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so the, the song... Um, just for those that are confused, it's that's that's what it's about. Yeah, and you know, for you, it obviously because you talked about you know you grew up in Ireland and you knew a lot of females who had very negative sexual experiences, and you know, like you were saying, it was it was always about the male as opposed to the female. You're not getting any form of education when you're younger about it. So how what is the journey from you? being an Irish teenager going to I don't know probably some form of like Catholic or religiously denominated school to where you are now just openly singing about it and talking about it um because I know every uh, well the vibe that I got was every song encapsulated as I said some sort of journey or, or you know moment in time for you so just talk a little bit about that one there for example how do you get from the schoolgirl who's getting very poor education that's all about male pleasure and whatnot to to where you are now like how does that happen a lot of trial and error <laughs> a lot of situations where that i didn't want to be in but that i didn't know you get frustrated enough when you do something a certain way that you don't want to do that you have to take a hard look at it mm-hmm. um a lot of reading a lot of talking to other women a lot of just self doing work on myself and and asking myself the right questions of why did this make me uncomfortable and trying to get in touch with my intuition and make that tiny, tiny voice a little louder where a lot of times I wouldn't realize I was uncomfortable until a situation was over or already expired. And I'm like, damn it, why didn't I say that? Why didn't I do that? And so just getting a little bit quicker on my reaction time, which takes a lot of work and a lot of practice because when you get go into these states of stress or panic, your brain and body aren't functioning, uh, in the same way as they would when you're in a calm state of mind. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of, I'm, I'm still, I'm still working on a lot of the things that I've been working on for 10 years and they just kind of shift or hopefully get a little easier. But, um, Mm. there's also been some amazing books. I, I have to say right now I'm in the middle of probably one of the most important books I've ever read as a woman. It's called women who, who run with wolves. Okay. And it's, a series of anecdotes on like short stories on the wild woman archetype and that has taught me so much about relationships my intuition my and reading books like that really fortify your own I think inner sense of self and yeah like reading has been a big a big aid in my um I don't know self-discovery journey 
It is inspiring to hear Flavia as a woman talk about celebrating herself in areas that some people still get uncomfortable discussing. What is also powerful is her celebration and emotional awareness for all women. In this section, she discusses how she was deeply affected by Sarah Everard's death and how that inspired her to use her voice and art to challenge how these situations are narrated in relation to gender. There was also the song, which I realized was really intense, like talking about now, but there was SMF, which is about sexual harassment um, and which was inspired by Sarah Everard's story. And for those who, who wouldn't have heard, could you give just a um, an overview or an idea of what that was, that story? Yeah, um, well, you know, so my EP was titled Suck My Feminism and, and this almost never, in fact, has never happened before. Normally I'd have a song on the EP and if the EP is going to be named after a song, I would, the song would come first and then the EP title. And the EP title came first this time and I didn't have a song called Suck My Feminism, but I was like, that's too... I need this song, but it had been sitting sort of stewing for a while. And I, because there was this pressure of the name came first, I had been kind of putting it off. And when the world woke up to Sarah's story, um, it's just an enraging story. I mean, she did everything right. She did everything that society tells women they have to do. Leave the bar early, walk on main roads, call someone to let them know when you're coming, wear comfortable shoes that you can walk or run and oh makes me emotional but um and still that wasn't enough uh and if you know don't know her story do or don't know her story I won't go into the grim details but that just enraged me like what do women have to do to stay safe and be respected and be treated as equals I mean women bring life form onto this earth and Mm -hmm. yet somehow in this patriarchal world that we live in mm-hmm. there isn't that same um sense of mutual respect and care and so the song the chorus lyrics are i'm a goddess in a godless world teach your sons right instead of scaring the girls and this idea of don't wear that or you know did you well were, was she asking for it by wearing something to like no that's bullshit mm-hmm. it's not about teaching, telling women like how not to act in order to be har- not to be harmed by men. It's about teaching boys and fathers and brothers and boyfriends like how to be able to respect and treat women and girls and sisters and mothers mm-hmm. with the same kind of just love and respect that they would expect from anyone else. So, yeah, because, um, you know, what you've said there. It just made me think it's the idea that, um, you know, what you were saying about, you know, don't dress this because it'll draw attention or, you know, like you're asking for it as a quote that you Mm. used. And in a way, like inbuilt in saying those phrases is like it's a responsibility on the female to not get, you know, unfortunately, sometimes harassed, attacked, whatever it may be, you know, and that's that in itself. I'm kind of sitting there being like, because I didn't I didn't. It's not that I've never thought of that before, but, you know, it really hammers that point Mm. home of. You know, when you hear it there, it's like, well, it was her fault in some way, basically, you know, um, which is which is incredibly uh, I suppose backward and just messed up in a lot of ways. Yeah, you very, put it very... more politely than I would have. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> and for those who want the polite version, eat, eat is about uh, oral sex performed on females. <laughs> let's, 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 let's say that. Flavia identifies as pansexual. 
In this section, she shares her path to discovering her sexual preferences and how she loves. She used her art to come out and it reiterated the idea of how important it is for all of us to have our own creative outlet to process and express. It seems to be a way for Flavia to explore and digest many topics. On the topic of creative outputs as a way of creating a safe space for yourself, I wonder about different and unique ways which individual people could create for themselves. For the show last night, I said to the audience I came out as bisexual a few years ago, which I did. I currently identify as pansexual. I felt that since I was telling a story about coming out a few years ago, yeah. I also just thought most of the crowd is not going to know what pansexual is, my dad included. So yeah. let me just make this easy and use a term that everybody knows. And but, could, could you, for those who don't know, because I, I, I couldn't tell you what the definition of pansexual is, could you enlighten us? Yeah. Uh, so my understanding of it is bisexual is... The term bi is a binary. So for some people, um, it for me, when I came out as bisexual, I just meant I like both genders, even if that means you identify as not the gender you were born in. Sure. Biologically. But for those, um, for some of my friends in the trans or gender nonconforming community, they feel that the term bisexual excludes them because they may be non-binary and may not feel like they are any gender in particular. Okay. So pansexual just means you like people for people. It doesn't matter what gender, uh, anywhere on the spectrum they fall. It's just one human to another. Okay. But Perfect. I just felt like that was a, a lot for last night. Yeah. <laughs> on top of what was I mean, already of, a lot. Yeah, everything that was going on. I just, just think that, that granddad we talked about would have been out the door straight away. <laughs> just so confused. Um, but yeah, so how did you come to the... I mean, do you say a realization yourself or did you always kind of know or was there one person that suddenly made you, you know, realize that you were interested in beyond the stereotypical, you know, I'm a straight female, therefore I like males. You know, what was that like? I didn't always know. It actually sort of baffles me because when I was 18, in my first year in college in L.A., was the first time that I kind of noticed that there was this girl in school that. I was very aware of and okay. would get a little excited. She wasn't my friend, but it was a really small school. So you see people, same people around and, and I didn't think much of it, but, um, mm. it was, wasn't until a few years later that I realized someone was more than a friend because I was thinking about them when I woke up and I was thinking about <laughs> them before I go to bed. Also, you know, I wasn't involved with them, but, um, I think that was my first realization, but it just kind of shocks me. Like I had no idea when I was younger growing up in Ireland. And I don't know if that's just because I shifted in a natural way or if I had never been presented with someone that I had been felt those feelings for as another another woman. Sure. Um, and so I didn't even think that, but my, my aunt's a lesbian. And so it's not like I hadn't been surround, like known that that was an option for me, but just for whatever reason in Ireland, it never hmm. crossed my crossed my mind not that I can not that I can remember yeah um and so it was quite surprising to me how quickly it shifted from something that was never on my mind to hmm what is this to a few years later where it was like hello yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've discovered this whole side of myself yeah. that is feels like such a deeply important part of who I am and I feel I feel personally so lucky and privileged to be able to love humans just just for who they are and and 
just love openly. Um, it's, it's very special to me. I, uh, so I'm glad that things shifted why ever that was. Yeah. And my song blue, which is on my first EP before suck my feminism, that EP is called out loud. My song blue is the first song I ever wrote about a woman. And that was the girl that I mentioned that I was, it was this sort of friend, but I was like, why am I so curious? Like I was very curious about her in the strange way. And I'm like, why am I thinking about her at all these strange yeah. times of the day it's not normal yeah. <laughs> so that's the first song and that sort of opened the door to me becoming much more um open about that the thing is i i deal with most of my difficult topics through art and through music and in some way it's like a safety blanket when i came out as queer or polyamorous or about my abortion um at least having it not just being me on my own on social media, you know, or I did tell my family before, but having this blanket of art that is my, I poured my heart and soul into, at least if someone, you know, is, let's say anti-abortion, maybe they can appreciate the song and just enjoy the song. And there's this sort Mm. sort of opening into a conversation that might be really difficult. And so I often use my, my first music video or second music video, Till I Die, was my coming out i used a female love interest in the video and that was my way of telling the world like and i came out on billboard pride and um so that's just a really it's like a scarier way because you're kind of coming you're you're also putting your art on the line but for me it's a really nice way to have art and message all in one yeah wow and did you completely embrace that or was this in was there any internal thing and and i only say this because you know you you went to school and were raised in ireland and i know obviously this happened as you said in in la but was there anything internal of like oh this isn't this isn't right or i shouldn't feel this way or you know did you Mm. fight the feelings or did you just do the hello i yeah did you do the hello i my family is pretty liberal and open to me being whoever whatever i want um so on the surface, in theory, I didn't have to fight much. They were very accepting of who I was. But there is so much societal pressure that is deeply ingrained that I wasn't even consciously aware of that I had to process and deal with. And a lot of kind of shame and fear that masked itself as something else. Okay. It would it would sort of morph into strange moments of me feeling... I, I can't even specifically remember examples now, but it, it would it would morph into a different feeling. It was only until when I had some perspective that I was like, oh, that was shame. And that was me feeling okay. grossed out in this moment or, you know, so there was definitely a lot to unpack. And I started realizing later, like we just there are we weren't portrayed in growing up in TV or film or media of any sort. Luckily, you know, kids growing up nowadays, they have social media, so they are have access to everyone well, the and whole anyone. Spectrum, and the, as you said, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And but me growing up, there was just like this hetero hetero model presented in front of you. So, um, yeah, there was a lot to unpack there. Luckily, I had a, a fairly supportive family, and you know, some some distant relatives that wouldn't have been quite as as supportive but i think i just i jumped in and decided like this is who i am i don't want to hide that if i'm going to be an artist in the public eye i have to at least stay true to my myself um i was lucky at the time i had a really supportive partner Mm. um who allowed me to allow is the wrong word but really supported me 
in exploring my queerness and my attraction to women mm-hmm. and we were in a polyamorous relationship as well so that and um, there will be questions about <laughs> that as well that's a, that's an interesting one to casually drop in and i didn't mean to cut across you there but i know that that will catch people's attention as well um but you you like you said you that's that's amazing that you because it's all it all seems to be a process and a journey of it's not just one day you were like oh i have feelings beyond uh what what the expression you use and i'm be very cautious in how I say things. I don't <laughs> want to get it wrong. But you said the hetero model, the hetero model. Yeah, yeah. as in yeah, yeah. And, and you know, beyond that, it wasn't just one day you suddenly went, "Oh, I'm, I'm I don't fit into that model." It's another one. It was a whole process of you, even though you can casually and calmly yeah. deliver it in in thirty seconds here. It was not <laughs> well, a now casual. I can. Yeah, now I can. you can exactly. Yeah, but maybe back then not so much. Um, and I, I just find that it, I mean, it's it's a, it's always a sign that if you can talk about something openly and calmly. It means that you've, you know, people say done the work or processed it, whatever it may be, um, because it's not uh, those kind of situations, like particularly when someone when you're so young can be, you know, this idea of is there something wrong with me or, you know, because it, you, people have this idea that society is a certain way and things should be done a certain way. And then there's this massive like when you're young, you don't fully know yourself. But then when you go, but there's the way things are done, but I, I don't fit into that. And then there's this massive kind of disconnect between the two. And like, that's, that's not an easy thing. Hmm. I think that's why representation in the media is so important because when you're younger and even to the, I mean, even now when you're older, like if you don't see something and know it exists, you don't have the language to be able to maybe notice a certain feeling or, um out in within yourself or a, a certain way that you identify if you've never seen it you don't even know that that exists necessarily and mm. so if you can't see it you can't be it that's what they yes, say Greg, yeah very insightful <laughs> <laughs> um so i think i also wanted my music to be a way that people could feel seen and heard and feel less alone I that's one of my favorite things about music is whether it's the best day or the worst day a song can come on on the radio um, if you still listen to the radio yeah, yeah. People listen to <laughs> and radio, you can yeah. just feel like this stranger is communicating directly to you like mm-hmm. something you may have felt so alone about and it feels like they've just gone through the exact same thing and to be as cheesy as possible I think music can absolutely change the world and it's the the one thing we haven't messed up I mean you can have you can have people of every race religion religious or political view at a concert and nothing matters all differences are put aside for everyone to just like sway in the room together and like be taken over by the music and so i really want my music to mix fun digestible beats and pop music with potent elixirs and messages (laughs) (laughs) that can hopefully you know if you think of what the beatles did and and back in the 70s when there was you know the revolution um, yeah. was, yeah, was music. I think back then was so used as a as a tool to speak about what was happening in the world and what was important. And so, very long story short, I don't even know where we started, but yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, that's that's really important to me with music, and and I love that. You know, my dad told me yesterday he just doesn't hear lyrics in music, which 
works out well for me. Yeah, my songs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but so for those that don't pay attention to lyrics, they can just enjoy the groovy, the groovy tunes, you know. Yeah. But if you do, then you can dig into what it means. Music and art can open up the space between people with different views and can help us to find a meeting ground. Being creative and sharing your creativity helps break down barriers and allows us to open up conversations with people different to yourself, give others support and delve into important questions. Flavia kindly shares some personal and open conversations here that are truly serendipitous and growing moments. She starts this section by delving into her very personal song, Nameless. I played it at a show once and this guy in his probably mid 70s in the US as well, where, you know, that generation would be often of a different political or or social mindset. And he came up to me and he says, I am pro-life, but I really, for the first time ever, I understood the other point of view. And he thanked me. He said, I really appreciate that you gifted me with this understanding of how the other side might feel. And I just thought that is so cool that I just, that really touched me that, that my song, even if you don't agree with it, it at least presents to you an understanding, I hope of where my mindset is at and maybe that of many other uh, people in the world. No, absolutely. And I mean, that's such a powerful moment. And I think, you know, when you talk about Nameless, it's a song about abortion and specifically an abortion that you had when you were how how old were you i was 19 19 wow which 19 now is like a fully fledged adult but 19 when i was (laughs) it's like it's like creepy i'm like when i was 19 i did not look or sing or do anything like that um but 19 when I was 19 felt like now looking back on it I was I felt like such a child yeah and you were at the time were you in were you away from your family were you in in the U.S. were you back in I was completely away from my family I was in the U.S. um yeah I I went through it I had my partner but still I think um I was so young I didn't know how to process these feelings and I was very angry that my body had to go through this and experience this because of a a choice that was mutual or or an accident to be honest so okay so i felt um very angry that i had to bear this physical mental emotional pain um what felt like alone at the time um so Many years of processing and unpeeling those layers of trauma. I've now gotten to a really good place with it. But for, for years, it was just locked tight in a box. And I felt like I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't tell anyone. I couldn't. And yeah. so actually writing about it was a really important uh, step in my healing. It's just being able to, this big, dark secret that I'd held on to for so long, just being like, you know what? I'm just going to tell the world this this secret and then it just doesn't have to be doesn't have to weigh on me anymore and the responses really made it is what changed it for me because I had people reaching out to me whether it was abortion or miscarriage or or having lost a child in some way um they just 
said this song was instrumental in their healing and um i just got a just a slew of the most beautiful messages i've ever received and realizing that something i felt so alone about and in my own experience that so many other people go through this and that we need that community and that um discussion to be able to talk about our feelings and to realize we're not you know we're not um alone in our experiences mm. is such an important part and and t abortion is such a taboo subject matter we don't talk about it we don't um ask anybody how they're doing it's just it's just all kept inside well it's a shame it, you know even though it's you talk about a country like ireland where it's you know legalized and everything but there's still so much shame and you know you talked about it last night the shame and the guilt and you had a stat last night about how one in so many women will be mm. you know affected by it and one in four one in four really and sorry i would say to say affected by it is probably the wrong term but if if you have experienced experience it I, yeah i like to say yeah no that that that's definitely the the right way to say it but if you you know i know myself like i'm a male obviously in my early 30s i know um over the years probably from the age of about 16 17 onwards every so often you would hear it was never from the person, mind you, but it was always like mm. whispers of like, oh, did you hear such and such, you know, a couple um, or the female had to go get an abortion. It was like mm. it was like the big, you know, you talked about last night about how despite the fact it's a it's one in four women are experiencing it. No one talks about it. And it's almost like, you know, you talk about things that are quite out there in all your music. But that one um, and particularly I don't know if it's because we had an Irish audience last night. But that one was particularly like, wow, no one talks about that whatsoever. And we probably have a long way to come. And it is, as you said, it's people talking openly about it and having a conversation about it that actually makes, it liberates people. Mm. Like you said, like because the impression I got there was you had it when you were so young, you had your abortion and then you you just buried it. Or, or at least buried the feelings around it. I buried it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> wow, yeah. And and was it something that buried for years? Did what, did it every so often kind of show its head? Or did you just kind of... Like, did you always... Were you always kind of aware of it? Or did you just like block that part out of your head? I was completely unaware. It was just a numbness. It wasn't even an emotion. It was just... I thought something in me just had changed. I was like, oh, you know, this, I guess this is how I am now mm -hmm. with a certain, um, sort of around my feeling towards kids or, and, um, yeah, that I had a really wonderful moment that shifted that for me. And that was just the beginning of where I, where I talked about it openly in, in a, my, an acting class I was in. So in front of a room of 40 strangers oh, wow. and I had never done that. And it was after that class that I, so many women in the class reached out to me saying, thank you for your courage. I've, you know, I've been through this as well and I've never spoken about it. And I, I really needed to hear that and to know that I'm not alone in my, and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, that is like, there's so many of us going through this that we're all afraid to talk about it. Like this is important. And then you know, a couple more years of work and then eventually I wrote Nameless. Um, and yeah, I just think that having the response allowed me to sort of become brave enough to share my story mm. with the world because I knew that there would be people out there that needed to hear that or hopefully it would help them with their yeah. healing in some way. Yeah, and it's it's quite the, 
it's quite the journey because you know as you said at the time like to contrast where it ended up versus how it began where you know it was it was you and you know you felt so alone and you were angry at yourself and your own body and where it was such an individual thing and it just you know you singular flabby and that's it but then through the process of speaking about it and the music and everything it became all these other people as well mm. you know it was it was a whole network or community versus in the moment and i suppose what's what's sad and what's terrifying is there are so many females of, of all sorts of ages who who find out they're they're pregnant through an accident or you know whatever it may be and they probably experience that complete feeling of anger and guilt and shame towards themselves but that that feeling of being completely alone would that be fair to say yeah absolutely i mean um i think that's why it's really important to change the conversation and just to speak speak about it openly i mean we were laughing earlier about how last night a lot of the guys came up to me and they said that was their favorite song, but no one could say the word abortion. They're like, I, I love that piano song. Yeah. I love that, uh, that, that slow song. Yeah. I'm like, let's, this is my whole conversation yeah. before the song is we need to talk about yeah. this. Just, I'm like waiting for them. Like, say the word, say the yeah. word. Oh, I know, I know. And I will admit, even in the build up to this, I was like, can I even ask her about it? Despite the fact you stood on the stage and announced it to people and, yeah. you know, and you, you sang your song and it was very raw. You know, and I, and I find that just like it was so moving, and and but even still, like I probably you know as a it's a male thing where you're just like, but can I? I, I know she's talking about it, but could I mention it? You know, could I bring it to you? I think what's so special when we talk about things is we 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 realize how many people that we love and care about in this world have have been through something, and that's abortion or or so many other issues or subject matters. I. When I had just had my abortion, I meant to email my mom and I accidentally sent the email to my dad and I hadn't felt ready yet to tell my dad, even though we're very close and I'm sure at some point in my life I would have shared it with him. Mm -hmm. But I, I accidentally sent it to my dad. It's the oh, only wow. time in my life this has ever happened. So yeah. if that's not some sort of divine intervention. Then, <laughs> yeah. And he happened to be coming to visit me in LA a couple of weeks later. And he wouldn't mind me, I don't think, sharing this because he allowed me to graciously interview him uh, in a uh, for an article that came out with the song so you can find that online if anyone's interested in reading that but when we met a couple weeks later he said I you know went through an abortion with my partner when I was the same age as you and wow. I mean that is just something that I would have never known about my dad he pro we probably would have never had this this to to bond on and to to connect on and that was really that was really beautiful for me to know that um, the very person I was quite afraid to tell for whatever reason at the time, I don't even remember, ended up being one of my sort of wow. closest, um, sort of, I don't know how to say it, but it was, it was really beautiful for us to be able to share that with each other. Yeah. It's and, such a serendipitous situation. Yeah. You know, you couldn't have, you couldn't have even written that to have panned out the way it did. Yeah. You know, but it's such a, such a wonderful as you said, you know, you, you never probably if not for that accidental email would have known that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's remarkable. Yeah. It was really, it was really cool. And then recently when I released the song, uh, yeah, I got to do a very, uh, it was cool. I got to interview him and ask him a ton of questions about it. And, 
um, he's, I'd say, a fairly open book as well. So that was also, I was surprised when I was like, hey, Dad, could I ask <laughs> you some very personal questions and put it on the internet? Yeah. I was like, sure, I think it'd be, I think it'd be good for my own my own healing. <laughs> well, that's our <laughs> Open that, up the can. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was going to be the question because, you know, if you if you dial back to when your dad was very young, you know, if, you, if we think about all we've discussed, the guilt and shame and the secrecy around it now, how it must have been back then. And would he have ever at any point opened up about it so candidly as his own daughter then asking him about it? You know, he did. One of the things he said was that back then, I mean, absolutely something you didn't talk about. He didn't tell. I think it was just him and his partner at the time that knew. And what he said was helpful in his healing at the time. He, um, I think a couple of years after it happened, he, um, how do I say this? Like discovered religion as a sort of a a brief stint. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it was in him getting to share that um, in, I don't know, know, confession. Okay, right. Was it actually helpful for him to just speak about it in some way and be able to start thinking about it and process those emotions? And So um, confession was his acting class. Yeah, essentially. I guess guess you could say that. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, all it was interesting. Just that's pretty rare for I don't know, maybe it's not rare, but to me I was like, This is crazy. I mean, both of us at nineteen, we like Yeah. Oh, so he was the same age. He was the same age, yeah. Wow. No, that is that's mind blowingly crazy. <laughs> it is. It's it's not just like, oh, that's kind of a cool like, you know, coincidence. Like that that is absolutely wow. Like you said, is divine intervention or whatever yeah. it may be that yeah. resulted in that actually coming out. Like that's wild. Yeah. That really is, yeah. Um, and you know, and now you have your dad coming to your shows and sitting in the audience while you sing the song. Like it's, it is amazing. Yeah, I mean, he is very uncomfortable, but <laughs> but he's <laughs> yeah. sitting there. Yeah, maybe we're we're painting the wrong picture. I am. Of your no, dad. I'm kidding. He 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 loved it. He was very proud, but he did say, "Just just cut that one song." Yeah. <laughs> and I Flavia discusses how it was several events that made her the person she is today and led her to be the strong, powerful and inspiring woman she is. It is interesting for this series as we explore the day dot moment and understand that everyone's experience is entirely different and some people may be able to tie their lives trajectory to one moment while others see it as a series of experiences. Listening to you now sharing your various experiences people because in this podcast and you know of people i interview there tends to be there, there never is i know it's, it's day dot and it's, it's that idea of that one day when things change that there's one thing shift but from listening to you there's you know that idea of there's several days in your life that have been quite a remarkable um i don't want to say shift in your life but you know significant mm. events perhaps that alter your perception aha alter, moment aha <laughs> moment let's call it the aha moment and in a way though i think that's that's um like we were talking about this before like there is never i know we look at tv and movies and there's this idea that you're living a normal life and then this one thing happens and everything changes but i think what's interesting with you is that you so openly and freely speak about several different things in your life that you know and you've and i think what's the, the fact that you are open and free about them means that you've you know, you fully embrace them. And the real thing is that you just, you're very comfortable in being yourself and whatever comes along, you're very much 
uh, open to that that idea of rather than well, perhaps at the time maybe you try you you were you know you shut it down or you, you moved away from it, but you seem to have really uh, leaned into a lot of those things and kind of made them part of part of who you are and then part of your you know your art and your creative expression. Um, and I think that's it's really important for people to listen because some people, for example, their entire life. Their, their entire life struggle right now could be to do with their sexuality mm. or for someone else it could be to do with an abortion uh, you know be it that they a female who had one or you know being a, a partner of someone who had them and, and i think it's it, personally i find it remarkable that you know these things have have you've experienced these things and but you you know they don't define who you are they've shaped who you are mm. but you've gotten to this point where you know who knows what else is down the road be it you know super positive or, or you know on on um like the situation with your dad these situations that you couldn't even predict yeah. in any way like it's absolutely remarkable i think now talking about them in a one-hour podcast it sounds <laughs> yeah. like i mean these things have taken me years yeah. of work so don't just for anyone listening you know i'm speaking about things that i have spent a lot of time processing yes, and that were very difficult and that I, for a lot of them, didn't process for many years that were sitting under the surface uncomfortably, yes. poking their head out once in a while until I felt ready to address them yes. or until something made me address them. Well, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> um, interesting. And so, you know, there's, there's all sorts of new things pop up that currently that I'm addressing and they need to be addressed. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think, I, I personally feel that there are certain things come in within waves or cycles within my life. And there's not necessarily one moment that altered my whole life, but a series of different things to do with different things. So, you know, certain with my abortion that changed maybe or my queerness, like my putting it in, how do I say this? Putting it in like folders, like, okay, my sexuality, well that progressed me there and my yeah. internal, um healing you know dealing with the abortion but then there's so many things even with music that um it's all different uh, part of i'm confused yeah <laughs> i know what you mean it's, 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 it's different it's all the different pieces <laughs> that make you up thank you you know yes. like all those My brain those... was spiring there yeah. <laughs> like words words what <laughs> yeah. am i trying to say <laughs> but it is i think what what i'm getting from that and you can correct me from where I'm, if i'm wrong or not that you know we talk about these the like you said i think you refer to as queerness yeah. That, yeah, you describe it. Yeah, yeah. Queerness, I, just for anyone um, wondering, is sort of a really, I find, lovely umbrella term that includes anyone, um, you know, trans, bisexual, pansexual, asexual, um, gay, lesbian. It's just an umbrella term for anyone that doesn't identify as uh, hetero or necessarily as cis gender, mm -hmm. which is the, the gender uh you identifying as the gender that you were biologically born in. Okay, yeah. So queerness is just a nice way of just including... Umbrella term. Yeah. I think that's that's a good way to describe it, yeah. And just for now, because now I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. I've lost my train <laughs> of thought. Sorry. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. But, it, you know, I think that what you were trying to say, or at least, sorry, not what you're trying to say, what I got from what you were describing was, you know, perhaps someone right now may feel like, be it to do with an abortion or you know, their sexuality, it may feel like their entire life hinges upon this one thing. But from what you were saying, what I picked up was, you know, your queerness falls in the piece of your sexuality. And, you know, as you said, the abortion falls in the piece of, of, you know, healing and, you know, 
perhaps uh, making peace with the past. Mm. And, and so it's all different. It's all while they may seem like at the time, the one moment that perhaps your life will make or break on or hinge on. It's actually just different events to do with different pieces of you that mm. as you as you embrace them, they all come together and you get a more uh, holistic idea of who yeah. you are. And I think I'm someone that I've just I'm hard on myself and my brain is always churning a thousand miles a minute and overthinking. And so I get very frustrated when things aren't when I'm hitting these roadblocks. But I think instead of I, I, I try to find ways around it. I remember this one moment in my music career where I was so frustrated. I couldn't find it. couldn't didn't have a manager. I couldn't find I didn't have a booking agent. I um, couldn't find the right producer for my sound. This was years ago. And at a certain point, instead of just hitting this constant block, I remember thinking, okay, I needed like be more DIY. I, that's that changed so much for me. I started learning how to produce. I started, you know, figuring out my sound on my own through my productions. I developed a one woman show that you saw last night because I was a broke musician that couldn't afford a band. I learned how to manage myself. So I learned the industry inside out. I booked an entire national tour. And, and these have all given me the foundation, the understanding of the industry, the understanding of my craft that allowed me to go so much further. And I think those little moments, those aha moments have been pivotal in so many aspects of my life. But there's not one that's more important for me than the other, I'd say. They're all just part of the one big pie chart. Wow. I'm a bit lost for words, but in the most wonderful way possible mm. because I... Personally, I just because I've I've known you for a while, but mm. I just how openly and freely, and I'm, I have no doubt this will come across to people listening to this. How openly and freely you kind of discuss the trials and tribulations of life, and it's about mm. the resourcefulness and how you keep going. And you're very inspirational. You're very strong. You're you. very yeah. I I don't even have the words. This mm, is just thanks, this is Greg. yeah. Like I said, you've, you've completely now. I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> this, this never happens. Well, to I me. think I think humans were just way more dynamic beings than we make ourselves to be. Just like this or that, we put ourselves in these boxes. We put, add these labels to ourselves, and we are so much more faceted than I think what we have taught ourselves, at least in a Western culture, to believe that we are. And so allowing yourself the freedom to stretch that box out or remove it completely and then be like okay well what am i now and what yeah. what 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 do i want to be and how do, how do i take the steps to get towards that and so i think i really like to challenge um my own constraints that i put on myself and it's kind of fun yeah <laughs> sadistically yeah yeah i was gonna say i'm sure at times it's massively uncomfortable but yeah. but if you can find fun in that i mean you nearly found the secret to life there. <laughs> Before this recording came to an end, we circled back to the idea of polyamory and Flavia displayed once again her openness and how articulate she is when describing a topic that some people are still unfamiliar with. It was such a pleasure to sit down with Flavia as she shared so openly and unashamedly. Speaking with someone who makes no apologies for themselves is truly inspiring. One thing that I do have to ask you about, and I want to circle back because I know people will say, you need to ask about, you casually dropped in the polyamory. Okay. And this is something that 
let's say I know the first time I heard about it, I didn't know you at the time, you know, and, and I know we've had conversations about it where you've explained it a different way. But I remember the first time I heard about, you know, polyamory or multiple partners. It was just this idea of, oh, we like, you know, you have someone that you call a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but you just get to do whatever you want with anyone else. You know, and like that was that was yeah. the view of that. It was a purely just like this, you know, f- call it free love, where it was just mm. like, you know, oh, well, I can sleep with this person or this person. And and how do you, again, let's say, you know, growing up with this idea of, um, you know, there's a man and a woman, they love each other and they're, you know, together forever or whatever it may be. H- how did you stumble upon, you know, was it a, you kind of touched on it earlier where you had a partner, but then it was, oh, you know, there's someone else there that I'm feeling for. And a lot of people could shut that down and pretend it didn't happen. But did you then open dialogue? And, you know, how did that come about? Yeah, I it started. Um, luckily, it was a very mutual progression. The night the night that my uh, partner and I, ex-partner and I met, we started just sharing ideas very casually. There was no he. I had never heard the term polyamorous. He had a friend, um, a couple that were friends of his that were polyamorous. So he knew the term, but we started talking about our, I guess, views on love, I think. And I was like, I have so much love to give. I just, (laughs) I love so many people and I learn from so many people and I, I, I thrive on change and I, I like, um, yeah, I just love humans like in a platonic and sometimes non-platonic way. And for him, he had just gotten out of a marriage and really battled um, feelings of jealousy. Okay. And he wanted to, he was interested in exploring polyamory for a very different reason. He wanted to combat this feeling that I think so many people have of ownership in some way over their partner and adopt more of a view of, I'm lucky to spend time with this person for as long as we want to spend time together and remaining grateful for someone in your life versus expectant that someone is there no matter what you know and so we came at it from very different angles which was really and i was just starting to discover peaked in the door of my queerness and so that i think we we had a really beautiful entry point in for different reasons that um and and yeah people may say oh it's a free-for-all you can do what you want but it's not there's still boundaries there's still respect there's still communication is absolutely key checking in how are you feeling like what are the thoughts that are coming up for you what are your fears and if anything i would say it was the most communicative respectful relationship i've ever had it was just so it allowed us to be wildly honest as well. I mean, so many feelings that in past relationships I would have maybe been ashamed of or not have shared and would have put a riff or would have caused doubts was just free for open conversation. So yes, there are, you know, some people view it as, there's such a wide term. Also polyamory, it's everyone decides their own boundaries. One, One thing that I love, I met this person once that shared this with me, but I feel like with monogamy there's sort of this one big handbook and it's like this is how you do it and these are the, these are the rules yeah and with polyamory there's thousands of handbooks everyone creates their own what are your boundaries where do your where and then it can change it's it's you're still rewriting the book i remember a year and a half after we started dipping our toe into polyamorousness all of a sudden we're like okay i feel a bit more confident and comfortable and trusting and i'm willing to expand our boundaries a little bit and over time it you know continued to expand and i think that's what's really beautiful you're always you're crafting your own 
relationship that suits you. We're over 7 billion people in this world. The fact that there's this one model of a relationship that should work for everyone is mm. like baffles me. Wow. Um, I mean, when you put it, when you put it like that, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of questions tonight there with my head floating around. Yeah. I think it's just nice to not have a ceiling to know that right now I feel this way and this is what I want, but we're ever changing beings. Like in five years, I maybe want to be open to the idea of opening things up. It doesn't mean you need to do it now or to be open to the idea of me dating women or having, you know, maybe two partners and um, yeah, I think it allows you to just not live within the constraints of a label or a box and to just accept things as they come and be like, hmm, okay, maybe I'll follow that little road and see what happens. Yeah. And, and it's that theme of you pushing the, pushing the <laughs> box and pushing the edges seems to be quite common. Yeah. But I'm also a hedonist and I like to have my cake and eat it too. So <laughs> I will say that. Yeah. Well, that's radical honesty, but yeah, I mean, look, it is what it is. So thank you. Yeah. Um, Flavia, I could probably sit here and talk to you for hours. <laughs> you look confused. Ask, You're yeah, bewildered yeah. over there. I'm now questioning so much about my life. I'm like, what are the ceilings? What are the boxes I have to push against? So I'll deal with that myself later on. But look, I, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for sitting down with me. It was um, enlightening. It was oh, eye-opening. It was uh, confusing, perhaps, for myself. <laughs> no, not you. You were very clear and concise. But now I'm like, hmm, we're going to ask ask a lot of internal questions. But I, uh, yeah, I just thought it was... You're a very remarkable person. Thank you. And you are, I think the most amazing thing that will definitely come across is that you are wholeheartedly and unapologetically yourself. Thank you. It's my time to it I'm Greg Xavier, and this has been Day Dot, where we explore the idea that your entire life can shift in one day. Oh.